Um, welcome, you guys. Hey, real quick, um, I, I just, I, I don't, I'm going to be a broken record. If you're new here, just hold on, I'll, 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 I'll explain this, but um, how many of you guys got to share Jesus with someone this week? Raise your hand. Come on, that's beautiful. What happened? Yep, just how, how'd you do it? Come on. So you got a chance to, you got to share with them and hang out with them. Let's go. Come on. Who else? Penny, what happened? Just briefly, yeah. <laughs> Iranian for let's go. <laughs> that's it. Come on, that's awesome. <laughs> Yes. All right, one more. Go ahead, Stephen. So just open up a beautiful conversation. Come on, that's awesome. All right, turn to the person to your left or right and say, did you know that Jesus loves you and has a plan for your life? You got to say it. I know it's silly. You got to say it though. Now turn to the, the, the other person now. You, or you can say, hey, has anybody told you today that Jesus loves you? I said that to the, uh, the, the, the barista at, at Nordstrom's this week. And she goes, no, no one's told you. And I said, no one's told me. I said, really? Yeah, I'm the first? You know, I'm like, she's like, yeah, you're the, you're the first. And she smiled. And I just said, hey, are you, are you creative? And she's like, yeah, why? Are you like a medium? And I was like, I was like well, yes. Yes, I am. Um, I'm the intermediary um, between Jesus and you right now. But... Um, Anyway, I just got to share God's love with her, and that was it. It was just real quick. You guys, I'm, I'm not going to give this up, all right. God is teaching us to be a church that attracts him 
but also sees the harvest. And so it, it, it I've said the same thing last week. I'm going to say it again. It's about, it's about repetition. You already want to love people well. It's not a mystery. Your heart is beautiful and great. It's, it's about how are you going to do it. And you can literally just, you can just give them a doll. You give them five. It doesn't, doesn't have to be, do you know that Jesus loves you? It doesn't have to be that. It's just not your thing. But do something. Yeah? Not because you're checking a box. Not because if you don't, pastor's going to shame you for it. Because there's, you have this radical love inside and it's waiting to get out. And when you talk to someone, when you actually talk to them about Jesus, let me ask you, who's ever shared something about Jesus with somebody? Raise your hand. Okay, go a bunch of us. How did you feel afterwards? Just ridiculous, right? You're like, oh my gosh, I could run, a, I could conquer the world right now. It's because you're operating the way Christ at, like, has designed you. You're designed to pour out. All right, that's all I'm going to say. All right. Um, yes. Um, let me pray for the offering real quick. Um, can you put the offering aside? If you're new, don't feel like you have to give today or at all. Uh, but um, if you're here, this is your family, I encourage you to give. Um, this is how we get to do this. It's amazing. Um, we're also raising money for Dan Moeller. Um, if you guys got the email, he's coming out. Ooh, ooh. All right. Um, all right. So there's different ways to give. <laughs> Who did that? <laughs> Mike is trolling me. Okay. Hey, can we do the offering declaration? All right. Stand up. Stand up. That way you're moving and ready to go for Micah to stand up. You're in a couch. You really have to stand up. All right. You guys ready? I didn't change the color yet, but I will. All right, you guys ready? All right. As we give, guys, come on, you guys got to bring it. There's not as many of you here. As we give today's offering, we are believing God for the lost to be saved, life to be restored, the kingdom of God to advance, and the powers of darkness to flee. The glory of God to come to the earth, the hungry to be fed. Thank you, God, that as I have more than enough for every good work you call me to. Awesome, awesome. All right, that's all I got. Um, next week, was it next week? It's the 23rd next week. It's coming, Christmas. All right, we have a, um, the, kids, the kids play is going to be here. So it's going to be fire. It's going to be cute. It's going to be anointed. You might get saved. What was that? It's going to be short and sweet, says my wife. And anointed, because it's short. All right, Mike, get up here. You, you can pick one. My daughter's going to be Mary in the play next week. Supposedly she's got one line. And uh, the other day we were in the car, and she was saying it over and over again. And I, I looked at her. I said, do you think you got it down, you know? And she's looking at me, and she goes, I'm rehearsing my lines. <laughs> it's like five words. It was great, which I'm really glad we're starting short like that, because if she had two lines, I don't know how to father that. Like, that's a lot of pressure. The which one? What is that? I don't remember. Why am I blanking? 
Well, I wasn't here last week. Door holder number three? Wait, there's something I missed? I want to see this. Please? Um, yes? Let's do it. Oh. Classic role, is it? Classic. This what I am for the nativity. I'm a classic one. Classic role, is it? Classic part. Yeah. Um, Joseph. No. Uh, one of the three wise men. No. But it's a classic part. Yeah. Okay. Um, you tell me then, because. I'm door holder number three. I'll be holding doors. That's amazing. Holding doors for who? Um, probably um, Joseph and Mary. Oh, my gosh. Were you pleased when they said that? And I was like, I'm a door holder. Get in there. Let's go. Yes. I'll have to wear, like, brown. Really? Yeah, probably. Excellent. That's, well, that's really smart, Milo. Wow. That, I'm so glad. I, actually, I have seen that. I love that. I have a classic pot. I'm the door holder number three. <laughs> the classic part. I'm not just a door. I'm the door holder number three. I'm going to get in there. Let's go. It's <laughs> actually a fire. I like that kid. Wow. Let me uh, pray for us. I wish we had more videos like that. That was actually fun to watch. We need a, yeah, something good. Judah's not doing anything in the play. We should make a door and make him hold it. Father, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you, God. Thank you for family. Thank you for... Lord, just thank you for grace. Thank you for being real and being present in our lives, Lord. And thank you that you're not far from us. No matter, some of us might be facing scary things or have in, in the past. Thank you that you're not far from us, Lord. And I just, I pray, Father, in this, this week, this season right now, I pray that you would reveal the way of peace to each of us so that we can experience your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. I was looking over Luke chapter 1, if you have your Bible I'm going to kind of just tell a story like normal, but there are a few verses I want to read together. Um, I was really, I like to preach about the things that I'm like interested in. I mean, I'm interested in all the stuff in the Bible per se, but sometimes in certain seasons, I think, you know, like when you're reading the Bible, there's just certain aspects that are highlighted to you and you're like... I'm really digging this right now. And there's this story about John the Baptist's dad. You guys know this story? This is a great story. Okay, so, by the way, um, okay, so 
John the Baptist is the cousin of Jesus, all right? And an angel comes and talks to his dad, who's a priest in the temple, and tells him, while he's serving in the temple, tells him, you know, your wife's going to have a kid and dot, 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 right? And it says that he didn't, he didn't believe the angel. And the angel's like, well, you know, you didn't believe me, so you're going to be blind for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but it's still true what I'm telling you. And then the story goes on that, you know, he, he or sorry, not blind, uh, couldn't speak. He couldn't speak. And so when he came out, he was like, OMG, I just saw this crazy thing. And then the people were to him, and he couldn't talk. He was motioning to them. They all came to him. He's like, and he couldn't talk. And it says that he kept, like, working in the temple for a while, which is pretty crazy. He couldn't speak at all until his son was born. So almost a year, the guy's not talking. But then he's able to talk, and he sings a song, which I think is really interesting. This is Luke chapter 1. And we're going to go to verse 57. 57. Luke 1, 57. Now Elizabeth, that's John the Baptist's mom, okay, full-time had come for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, no, he shall be called John. They said to her, there's no one among your relatives who's called by this name. So they made signs to his father what he would have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet, and he wrote, saying, his name is John. And they all marveled. Immediately his mouth opened, and his tongue was loosed, and he spoke, praising God. Then fear came on all who dwelt around them, and all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts saying, what kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And this says, verse 67, now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied, saying, blessed is the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. To perform the mercy he promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And then he says to his son, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord 
to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. On a side note, I think it's interesting that John's dad, this is a wild story. The guy, the guy goes mute because he sees an angel, doesn't believe the message about his son who's going to be a prophet before the Messiah, goes mute in the moment he writes, and John, his name's John on the tablet, his tongue's loosed. And do you think that he believes at that point? Like, he, he fully believes. The guy gets filled with the Holy Ghost and just starts prophesying to everybody. And it wasn't some one-off thing. He wasn't in the closet. They have this written down. They have it recorded. In, in church history, he he ends up being martyred. He was a priest in the temple. You think, you think that he was preaching about who Messiah was and, and believing? Yeah, so much so he was, he was martyred for his faith. Yeah, he went through a wild moment right there. But I was, I was kind of struck by what, he's, by what he's saying. He's saying, my son's coming to, to come before this one who is the face of the Lord himself. And then he says that he's coming to bring salvation. Did you guys catch that? He's coming to bring salvation, to remove sin from the people. He said he's going to destroy your enemies so that you can serve him every day in your life with holiness and righteousness forever. Anybody else get excited about that? Guys, this isn't like, oh, what a cute story. This is the gospel. gospel. This is really real. Like, a a guy actually lived 2,000 years ago that went mute when an angel appeared to him. And he had a kid. (laughs) Like, it was a wild story. This really happened. And then he prophesies, and he's talking about Jesus He's talking about his son, but he's talking about his son coming before Jesus and what Jesus ultimately is going to do. But what he's going to do impacts us. God forbid we just hear the story of Jesus and yet don't, like, dig deeper in our lives right here, right now. Always dig deeper in our lives, by the way. You don't don't become a Christian and then just say, well, you know, I kind of got the basics and I'm a good Christian. Like, there's... There's always growing with the Holy Spirit. There's always growing in his presence. If Jesus came from heaven to earth and he became Emmanuel, that means God with us, so that us can be with God, God became with us so that we can be with him. This ministry we call reconciliation. Reconciliation. Like you have two people that are at war with one another. If they're reconciled, peace is made. Friendship is made. Harmony is made. There, there, there should be no reason for us to have disconnect from God. There shouldn't be. Now, there can be. But there needs not be anything coming in the way 
of our connection with God because nothing is greater than what Jesus actually did for us. Like, we might feel at times, anybody ever, maybe you had the thought, God, where are you? Any humans in the room? (laughs) Of course, we're all human. Of course we've had that feeling. God, where are you? Um, Listen, I think this is, I'm going to say this over you. God, God delivered you from the hand of enemies that you can serve him to remove sin from you, from your life completely, completely forgive you, to give you light in your darkness, and to guide your feet in the way of peace. That part right there at the end was striking me as I was meditating about what to preach on, and I was thinking, wow, like, isn't it interesting that God guides our feet in the way of peace? Like sometimes we realize we have peace, right? You got Jesus. If you become a Christian, you have peace. But I think the way he's saying this right here is he actually guides our feet in the way of peace. Some of us, you might be a Christian, but maybe you haven't felt peace. Christmas is like a season where they go, he's come. Remember the angel came to the shepherds and says, behold, um, good news, okay, here's some great tidings, <laughs> God's got a good will and a good favor for you, peace, peace and good will for men. You know, God has a good will for each of us, always, and he also has peace for you. If the coming of Jesus brought peace, Where's the peace? Do we all have the peace? And what's interesting is that when Zechariah is prophesying about John, he says that he will, he will guide your feet on the way of peace. Peace sometimes isn't found in like sitting. Peace is found on a way. And it's found walking out a life with a person. Do we understand? Sometimes you're not going to feel at peace in a moment. But Jesus came from heaven to earth and he says that he took on flesh. He dwells among us. He shows us the invisible God. He dies for us. The Bible says that he dies for us on a cross to remove our sin completely from our lives. And it says that he's got goodwill for you and peace for you. Goodwill and peace. God's not far from you. He's not distant. He's right here right now. He's right here right now. And he doesn't look at your past or whatever, however long that past might be for some of us. And he doesn't judge us from our past. And our good parts in our past didn't make us deserving. And our bad parts of our past didn't scare the dude off. And our bad conversations or frustrations with friends or loved ones or or any kind of bickering or resentment or bad thoughts or dot, 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 whatever doesn't scare him away 
and doesn't change his love for each of us. <laughs> he came to bring light into your darkness. He came, he came to open up a jail cell door. If any of us in this room feel like we're in a jail cell ever, in other words, you feel stuck, you feel whatever. Some of us might feel it in this room. If you are a person hearing this and you feel stuck, there's good news for you. Jesus kicked down the door of your jail cell. He kicked it down. And there is freedom for each of us right here, right now, and always. Always. <laughs> I just, I want us to pray. I, I really, uh, I'm going to go off, I'm going to stop preaching a sermon for a second. This isn't normal, but I'm doing this. I just feel it. I, I feel like there's some of us. There's some people in here that have been really wrestling with a few things, and I just want to pray for you right now. I just want you to receive it. This is for you. I want you to receive, and if you feel you've been light as a feather and skipping around in the glories of heaven, I want you to just. Join in prayer for those that might feel burdened. Father, I thank you right now, Lord, that your blood is enough, your grace is enough, your anointing is enough to break every yoke, every burden, every chain that is keeping us from your goodwill and from your peace. God, where we have some of us might have, it's like, it's like I see a heart that's wounded deep from certain experiences. Lord, I pray that you would rush in, reorganize, heal and fill right now. Lord, for those of us in this room that have been enduring pain, physical pain, suffering, Lord, I pray for the power of your Holy Spirit from the inside out, to continue healing right now, in Jesus' name. I heard that. I heard that right now in America. Did you guys know that? There's more, this is a side note, by the way. There's more homelessness today than there's ever been. Not only have we gotten better with some of our issues, uh, it's, it's worse today than it's ever been. And you know the difference between this year and just last year, that homelessness went up by 12% in one year? It's not like 12% more of people just went, like, crazy and decided just to, like, do whatever on the streets. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, people are truly suffering around us, and um, I just wanted to say kindness matters, and I wanted to highlight that part because 
little acts of kindness can help and can go a long way. And I think, I think the poor get overlooked a lot in our society. I think we, I think as a society, not, not our church, but I think as a society, we turn a blind eye to, to the poor. And um, I wanted to say that kind of online with Pastor Jesse's encouragements for you is to preach the gospel. If you see a homeless person, bless them. And if you have an, some weird aversion to giving them money, give them a bottle of water or something. Decide something to do. Um, I think we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we might not, as individuals, be the ones that fix the economic woes of for all families in society and, and fix all the other issues that go along with that problem. But, but we can be a part in bringing healing in each little moment that we make. You know, the birth of Jesus is one little baby. Dude, listen, because you understand what I just said. Jesus, when he was born, it wasn't like an army just like birthed out and like started defeating demons and stuff. It was one little baby. And it wasn't some baby paraded down the street. He's out in the barn. The cave. It, it seemingly insignificant. Obviously, we know it's not insignificant, right? Seemingly so insignificant, and yet has so much significance. And this, this, this aspect of God showing up doesn't stop. It actually, when, how does God show up in our lives, in our households, with our spouses, with our kids, with our friends, with our neighbors? How does it, how does it come? Sometimes it comes so insignificantly. These ways of just presenting the love of God to the person next to us. Yeah? It has nothing to do with my sermon. I was thinking about it on the way here. I heard that, that message and I thought, or I heard the statistic and it grieved me. 12% in one year, more homelessness? And then they said, well, it's because of uh, the economic troubles facing our, like, what people are going through. And, and, and that, like, fam- like, isn't that crazy? Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people just living on the street. So sad. Um, and by the way, becoming a Christian means that we get to participate with a God that, like, I'm just going to go on this. We get to participate with a God that, that brings transformation in the places around us. If, if the fullness of our Christianity is coming and sitting in a seat one day a week, we have missed out on Christianity. And if we're not the hands and feet of Jesus, I'm telling you, no one will be. And it doesn't mean we can solve individually everything all the time, but we can do little things that some might think are insignificant, but they will have massive repercussions. I'm going to get back on the message. The everlasting God, the invisible God, took on flesh and dwelt among us. And he did for a reason. And the reason was salvation. Salvation. And salvation is healing. Salvation is deliverance. Salvation is knowing him. Eternal life. Forever. He took on flesh and became a baby. 
so that he could live a life and ultimately suffer something for us to do something. How does he bring us salvation? Through the remission of our sin. I don't know about you, but who used the word remission in your vocabulary in the last month? Nobody. Okay. Remission isn't just, it means complete forgiveness. It means a bunch of things. It means complete forgiveness. It means a pardoning. It means total removal and casting away. That's the image. You take all those things and combine them. It's not like, oh, he's just kind of forgiven. Like, it's all these things combined. He's completely forgiven you. (laughs) He removes this thing called sin. He casts it away, sends it off completely, and fully pardons you. He gives you salvation through the remission of sin. Isn't that great news? Our sin brought death. Our sin is distance, connection distance from our loving Father. And yet Jesus came to destroy our enemies. Who are our enemies? Your accuser is your enemy. He didn't come to play patty cake with the devil. He came to take his foot and crush him in the head. doesn't want you to feel an ounce of condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no longer any condemnation. Romans chapter 8. For the spirit of life of Christ has set you free. What is it like to be somebody alive? I'm not saying you always feel alive. There's a place, there's a way of peace that we constantly as humans have to go right back to and say, Jesus, you paid a price for me to live a certain way. You guys following? Am I the only one that's feeling? I am, I, it's like I want to punch the devil. Guys, he died for something real. I love Christmas time. I always say it every year. I like, I love all the twinkly lights. I, I love all of it. Um... I don't like putting the lights up on my house, as my wife would know, but um, she makes me do it, and I end up liking it once it's done. Uh, I love all symbolism kind of stuff. I like getting, you know, thinking about it and, and dwelling on it and meditating on it and what, what our symbols mean in terms of Jesus. Um, but if we're not actually connecting with God, number one, if we're not Believing and accepting that the darkness doesn't need to be a part of our lives and our families. Temptation will come, but we don't have to live in darkness as people. What does this Christmas look like for our lives to be, our households to be filled with light? Our bedrooms, our, come on, think about it for a second. What does it look like? If darkness got its face kicked in your life, in your household, whatever, this season, Jesus wants that. Some of us are living in it, and you're, and you're internally going, oh, praise God, I live in that. Um, but it's not just for some of us that are experiencing it. It's for every single one of us. 
he didn't just die so that we can go, wow, you know, thank you, Jesus, and, you know, it was a great, just a great thing, man. And I'm just going to keep living my life. And, but yet he does these strings of seemingly insignificant things. Becoming a baby. Living as a human. All these things add up to massive things. And he's doing little things in your life right now by the Holy Spirit. And some of us go, where's God? And yet he's doing things in our lives that we might feel are insignificant. Or maybe we go, I thought you were going to kick the devil in the head and all I'm seeing is a baby Jesus right now. I thought you were going to die and resurrect from my sin and all I'm seeing is a baby right now. We got to be going, God, thank you. Thank you. You're in me manifesting in my family, in my house, and you want to do great things. Great things. Yes? Are we tired tonight? I love you guys. Some of you are like, yes. <laughs> okay, can I get the band up here? It's already 548. Come. Yeah, share a testimony. I like that idea. So, as Micah was saying about the, the homeless, so at my, I, I can be 30 seconds, but um, I teach preschool I, and I actually help run the school. So, a lot of the mornings we have some home, couple of homeless people sleeping in front of my school, which I can't have because my kids are going to be coming. So, I have to wake them up a couple of times. And I'm like, anyways, past month and a half, I've been upset with them because. It's been like a year, but um, past couple months because they have been like not cleaning up after themselves and urinating, and I had to, I have to clean it up, you know, and so I was really mad. So this week on Friday, they I came in and they were sleeping. I had my coffee and I feel guilty. So it's like my heart is for everybody, but I feel really guilty, like that they're there and I have a place to go and I have food and God blesses me you know not that they don't bless them but um so I have my breakfast I just bought and my coffee and I go in and I see them sleeping I'm like dang it you know just dang it man they have to go and so I wake them up hey guys it's time to go you guys have to wake up I have a school boy coming in one minute so anyways they got up oh I'm sorry I'm sorry sorry so anyways I go in, I unlock my, my classrooms and stuff. I bring them my food. I said, you guys have breakfast. He's just, you know, so I gave him like, my co- I didn't give my coffee. I need my coffee, but I did give him, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I already drank it. Um, but I did give him my breakfast. And I said, I split it, it's not a lot. It's like French toast and stuff, but just please, I love you guys, just please go ahead and try to leave by 6.30. I'm here at 7.00. I need you guys to be gone because I have children. And they're like, we're sorry, we're sorry. So, anyways, I want to share that because it's on yours. It's yours too. Thank you. Guys, can you stretch your hands towards Kelly? We're just going to bless her right now. Put your hands out towards her. I'm going to bless her. Father, we just thank you.
for Kelly, Lord, that you're just moving on her right now and that this is actually a divine thing and that, Kelly, I don't know if there's ever a moment where you just, you stood up and got filled so much that you just had to say something on a mic. That was crazy. This is, I think God is doing something right now for you, Lord. We just thank you. Lord, we pray for great gifts this season for her. Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Kelly. Okay, can we get the, um, the prayer team up here and just worship together? a Christmas song planned and now we get to sing it. You guys ready for O Come All You Faithful? <laughs> I love Christmas songs. They're so good. Faithful. 